We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for January 19th, 2014. Next report is entitled, Why Are Dozens of High-Ranking Officers Being Purged from the U.S. Military? And um, says the answer here, so the executive branch, meaning essentially Obama, can control all nuclear assets and present the U.S. for surrender. So that's, that is one theory there. Um, since Barack Obama has been in the White House, high-ranking military officers have been removed from their positions at a rate that is absolutely unprecedented. Things have gotten so bad that a number of retired generals are publicly speaking out about the purge of the U.S. military that they believe is taking place. As you will see below, dozens of highly decorated military leaders have been dismissed from their positions over the past few years. Yes, I have said a lot about this in recent months, but this is just further reiteration because more more high-ranking military officials continue to be purged. So it's kind of an ongoing, bring-you-up-to-date type of report here. <clears throat> what is going on right now is absolutely crazy, especially during a time of peace. <clears throat> there is a deliberate attempt to reshape the military and remove those that don't adhere to the proper, quote, viewpoints. Does someone out there feel a need to get these officers that won't cooperate out of the way? Throughout world history, whatever comes next after a military purge is never good. If this continues, what is the U.S. military going to look like in a few years? Perhaps you are reading this and you think that the purge is too strong a word for what is taking place. Well, just consider the following quotes from some highly decorated retired officers. This is retired Army... Major General Paul Vailey said, quote, The White House protects their own. That's why they stalled on the investigation into Fast and Furious, Benghazi, and Obamacare. He's intentionally weakening and gutting our military. Pentagon and reducing us as a superpower and anyone in the ranks who disagrees or speaks out is being purged. <laughs> these, are, these are guys that were there, been there, done it, <clears throat> and this is what they're saying. Retired Army General Patrick Brady says, quote, there is no doubt that he, meaning Obama, is intent on emasculating the military and will fire anyone who disagrees with him, end of quote. Retired Army Lieutenant General William G. Boykin says, over the past three years, it is unprecedented for the number of four-star generals to be relieved of duty and not necessarily, necessarily relieved for cause. Um, that Boykin... Uh, a lot of people think he's the greatest thing since not sliced bread. He's a high-level Knights of Malta uh, as well. He's not to be trusted. Okay, so I could do a whole report on him and have a whole file on him, actually. But, I mean, obviously I agree with what he's saying here, you know. Uh, but it's not just him saying it. It's, it's a ton of other, these generals. Retired Navy Captain Joseph John says, quote, I believe there are more than 130 seven officers who have been forced out or given bad evaluation reports so that they will never make, it's called flag officer, because of their failure to comply with certain views. <clears throat> According to the Blaze, one anonymous Pentagon official who asked to rename nameless because they were not authorized to speak on the matter said even, quote, young officers down through the ranks have been told not to talk about Obama or politics of the White House. They are purging everyone, and if you want to keep your job, you just keep your mouth shut. See, that's how they know that you'll work with them, typically, is you just keep your mouth shut. You see all kind of things that are evil, that are going against things that maybe you might morally believe with, or morally agree with, and you just 
keep your mouth shut. Those are the type of people they want in there. Because when things get down to brass tacks and they implement whatever is coming, and I'm going to be talking a little bit about that later, they want people that are going to take orders and not question them. And not throw any type of morality into obeying those orders. You know? Um, They want people that I really believe, if they told you to go kill your mother, they do it unquestioningly. Why? Because Satan told me to do it, so I'm going to do it. And I work for him, so I have to do it. This is the type of, of people, yes men, that they want in place. And this is why this purge is taking place. Um, let's go further here. This trend now appears to be accelerating. We have seen a whole bunch of news stories about military officers being dismissed lately. Almost always a, quote, legitimate reason is given for the dismissal. And without a doubt, if a military officer is actually behaving unethically, that officer should be held accountable. However, the reality is that everyone has skeletons in their closet, and if you really want to get rid of someone, it is usually not too hard to find a way to justify your decision. Taken alone, it would be easy to, to dismiss those stories as coincidences, meaning all of these purges, supposing all the lame reasons they're giving. I've went over some of the lame reasons they have given why a general has been whatever. You know, meanwhile, you probably, at, at, the, at, you know, at the White House, they're doing like nightly child sacrifice and, you know, drinking blood on a daily basis, you know, doing those all what manner of evil. And, you know, they're dismissing these generals for the most frivolous things you know, that, that I can see, or just totally just making stuff up, or, or maybe they do have um, skeletons in their closet and they're just bringing them out. Well, that's why, that's how they keep everybody accountable at that level. They, they, I mean, that's, that's why when you become a skull and bones or you lay naked in a coffin, literally naked in a coffin, and you're supposed to tell all of like your whatever sexual exploits leading up to that point, and they write it all down. And if you ever go against them or cross them, they have that with witnesses present in order to blackmail you. This is how the Illuminati, this is how Luciferianism, how pure evil runs. It's a, it's run on a system of blackmail, fear, intimidation, um, backstabbing. What a fun way to live, you know? Always having to look over your shoulder or wonder if you're, you know, ugh. Anyway, <clears throat> so... Let's see here. Let's go further. Taken alone, it would seem easy to dismiss these stories as coincidences, but when you put them together with the stories of dozens of other high-ranking military officers that have been purged from the U.S. in recent years, a disturbing pattern emerges. Meaning, they're purging these people, they're, they're blackmailing, they're making stuff up, they're using frivolous charges to get them out of there. The following is a list of high-ranking military officers that have been dismissed over the past few years that has been circulating all over the internet. I think you agree this list is quite stunning. Now, I'm not going to read them all. I've read some of these before, but it's it's a huge list here. It starts on, it's going to start on page of the PDF, I think page 8. Yeah. And it's going to go admirals, navy officers, generals, captains, commanders, naval officers. Uh, oh, my word. Starting on page 8, and I'm going to... I'm still scrolling. (laughs) It's going to go all the way to page 11. Okay? So it's going to be quite a long list. And obviously there's no point in reading them. I have read a lot of them in the past. Um, But 
it's all single spaced. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a lot of people. And this has all been I, I think that um this next report from Dave Hodges that ties into this said that and I'm I'm no Bush fan, okay, because I exposed him too, but I think Bush fired like two or four, maybe. And o- Obama it's like, you know, into the hundreds or whatever. I mean it's huge. It it is so like disproportionate to any other president. Well, if you think about it, the military would be really, and again, this is this is what this next report is about. It's entitled "The Sides Are Forming for the Coming Civil War." Okay, so I, I guess I should just read this report because it's gonna it's gonna state what I was getting ready to state that the military is the really the last huge chess piece that they're looking at regarding choosing up sides for the coming, um, he's calling it a civil war, you know, but it would almost be like a war of the Illuminati against the war of the, of the, of the people that will resist. And obviously Christians. And this is from Dave Hodges. And it starts out by saying America is in the choosing sides phase of a coming civil war. Sorry, I lost my place there. <clears throat> to use a college recruiting phase, it is accurate to state that letters of intent to join one side or the other have mostly been signed and commitments offered. He was a former, I think, college basketball coach. And you can go, like, if you're trying to recruit, this is for people that don't know this. If you're When he said letters of intent, most people are going to know, know what that means. But if you go to, let's say, a high school and you're trying to recruit a player, and you want some type of firm confirmation, I think the best thing they can give you is a letter of intent that they are going to go and attend your university and play whatever sport for your university. Okay, So these letters of intent have mostly been signed and the commitments offered. However, there is one big uncommitted piece, but very soon the sides will be drawn. What is going on today in America is all about choosing sides. There are clear lines being formed in the United States. The recruiting pool consists of the Department of Homeland Security, the American military, local law enforcement, the Russian troops pouring into the United States. Now, you know what side they're on. (laughs) The trickle of Chinese troops coming into the country through Hawaii, and, of course, the poor, the middle class, and the elite. This is the recruiting pool from which will form the chess pieces in the coming American Civil War. Yeah, he makes a good point there. Even if all parties in this country wanted the country to continue, even in, even in its present mortally wounded state, it would be foolish to believe that it could continue much longer. Uh, why? There are three paramount numbers that every American should be paying attention to, and they are, number one, the national debt, which is $17 trillion. Number two, the unfi- unfunded liabilities debt, which is $238 trillion. National debt, seventeen trillion. Unfunded liabilities debt, two hundred thirty-eight trillion. And then three, the de- the derivatives and futures debt, which is one quadrillion dollars, which is sixteen times the entire wealth of the planet. Meaning, it's like money that isn't you know it doesn't even exist, essentially. Okay. Remember, how I said derivatives are one of the things to watch regarding the coming economic collapse. I talked about that last. Um, <clears throat> last week, I believe. 
The net result of these staggering numbers can only end one way, and that is with a financial collapse, followed by a bank holiday, rioting in the streets, and a full rollout of martial law. These financial numbers guarantee that the party cannot continue much longer. Since America, in her present form, cannot continue much longer without experiencing a cataclysmic shift, we would be wise to realize what resources are going to be the impetus for civil war. When you play the board game Monopoly, the properties on Boardwalk are among the most coveted. It is no different in real life. A big prize of the coming conflict is real estate, homes, mortgage, office buildings, I'm sorry, homes, office buildings, and shopping malls are the most coveted prizes. The MERS mortgage fraud continues unabated as millions of homes have been confiscated through the mortgage fraud. When the dollar is worthless and is awaiting its replacement by the Amero or some other global currency, real estate will become very valuable, especially if it's in relation to a dollar that's already collapsed. (laughs) You know, like in a lot of these countries where their currency collapses, you know, you could have a wheelbarrow full of money to buy a loaf of bread. That's the concept here. Other big game that is being hunted by both sides in the coming Civil War will be bank accounts, which must be looted before the dominant computer digits we call money can be converted into hard assets. And again, this is what we talked about last time as well, that they're going after the pension funds, they're going to be going after bank accounts. Anything that that isn't nailed down, Satan is going to try to get. And again, this is, not only does it enrich them, not only does it line the pockets of the Illuminati, But it's also decimating and destroying, from a monetary standpoint, the middle class. Okay, so it's twofold. They're getting rich, you're getting poorer, you're getting in a position where you have less and less control over your own life because you have no more wealth. Like I've said many times, if it's in the bank, and this would include a safety deposit box, you might as well just be prepared to kiss any of that stuff goodbye. If it's in, in any kind of paper form, I don't care what it is, IRAs, pensions, whatever, 401k, whatever you've got there, um, a bank account with a ton of money in it, or a savings account with a ton of money in it, all of that stuff could literally become either gone, raided, or next to worthless in a very short period of time. And or when they have this banking holiday and they reevaluate the currency and you get one-tenth on the dollar for whatever you had in there, one-tenth on the whatever, let's say the Amero. In other words, you had you had $100,000 in the account, and the Amero comes around, and they re- reevaluate it for even 30%. Okay, you, now you've got 30,000 Ameros before you had $100,000, and those 30,000 Ameros still have the same buying power as the dollar. You've just devalued your currency or what you had in there by two-thirds. So it's not an enviable position. And again, this is why things like having your money, obviously in, in, in things like survival things primarily, um, things that are hard, that you can put your hand on, water purification, um, uh, survival food, uh, survival supplies, medical-like type supplies, um, things for a pandemic like the mild silver protein, um, vitamins, uh, uh, what are some other things? I mean, there's so many other things. Let's say radiation protection. Um, and again, I've went over all of this many other times. There's a lot of different facets to, to that whole, whole thing. Um, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about that later. 
but those are those are like hard tangible assets or and or gold and silver I think would come later as a means of bartering um, uh, things that will have intrinsic value no matter what happens to the to the economy thing gold and silver will always have that not only that the supplies that you literally possess can be used for barter as well okay and maybe as good as gold essentially just because they're so rare because when this collapse happens the the, the uh, trucks are going to stop running the the grocery stores are going to be looted and there's not going to be anything left in a very quick period of time most likely Okay, uh, again, I can't say 100% for sure, but this sure seems to be where we're building to, based on on the research I've, I've shown you. So, let's go further here. Um, other big game, okay, that must be handled will be the bank accounts, uh, which must be looted before the dominant, the dormant computer digits we call money can be converted into hard assets. That is why my advice has been to convert your cash into tangible assets, which can enhance your survivability in an upcoming crash. Also, your pensions, your 401ks, your various entitlement programs are also at risk, as evidenced by the Secretary of Treasury, Jack Lew's, uh, borrowing from the various federal retirement accounts in order to increase the debt ceiling uh, fight that will resurface in Congress again very soon next year. So again, my advice is to convert your assets into tangible, tangible items, which will aid in getting you through some very dark days coming up in the near future. Obviously, Pray if you feel led fast about these things. You know, um, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. That's what the the Bible talks about. This isn't about you being greedy or you being hoarded. The, the Lord may very much have a chance to use you in a great and mighty way because you have done this, because you have foresaw the evil, and because other people will come to you and say, you know what, you were right. I was wrong. Now I have my eyes opened. You know, and so I think that you appearing to have wisdom about a particular situation will help your witness in the end times. I mean, it's not going to hurt it, that's for sure. So let's go further here. Uh, Before the cognitive dissonance crowd rears their ugly heads and accuses me of fear-mongering, ask yourself what the elite did prior to the crash of the economy in 1929. For example, Joseph Kennedy took his money out of the stock market the day before it crashed. Rockefeller, Westinghouse, etc. all took their money out right prior to the 1929 stock market crash. Leaving the ignorant masses unaware of what was coming. Don't make the same mistake. Okay, so it's a great... Uh, parallel or thing to look at here. Barring a false flag event, U.S. martial law will have a trigger event, which will lead to martial law. That will be a financial collapse. Now, I'm not going to say that will be. No, 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 no. That's a prediction. It could be a number of things. Could be a pandemic. Could be a financial. Could be a false flag, dirty nuke on our soil. Could be a um, some type of biological. You know. Uh, released on us, could be a tsunami, could be earthquakes, uh, could be a ton of different things, meteor, so you can't say that will be, it may, all those things may lead up to a financial collapse, that I will say, yeah, that that would most likely happen, I mean, with 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 the um, whole economic system in the United States, 
in such a perilous position as it is, it wouldn't take a whole lot to put it over the edge, is the point I'm trying to make. So, he's saying that will be a financial collapse, and it will naturally occur as we are already on a collision course with destiny. I'm not ruling out other events, but the economic crash scenario is easily the most likely event. I, I think it's easily the most likely event that will happen after a poten- one of the other potential scenarios I just gave you. It may just be purely a financial collapse, true, it may just be that, but to me, the Illuminati want to create that order, their new world order out of chaos, that's their motto, shock and awe, and to just have one thing happen when this has been planned for hundreds of years, to me, wouldn't be the maximum way to, to instill fear, shock and awe, order out of chaos. To me, it would be more sensible from a satanic standpoint to do as many possible things you could do to traumatize the population all basically around the same time. You know? Really let them have it. Kind of like 9-11 in a little bit of a way because you had, you know, one, it wasn't enough for one plane to hit and then they had another plane hit the other trade time and then all of a sudden the Pentagon got hit and then that other plane went down that was supposedly going to go after another target. So that was more like, okay, and we're really hitting you one after another. Okay, this is going to be that times about, <laughs> who knows, a thousand, whatever. Um, I'm not making light of the other. I'm just saying this is going to be more of a, a thing that literally probably affects um, the world, really, as a whole. Not just a given area. Um, so, let's go further here. Uh, please allow me to ask you an ignorant question. If you knew that a virus was coming to your neighborhood, which would affect much of the local canine population, wouldn't it be prudent to build a fence around all the dogs in the neighborhood in order to isolate any potential infected dogs? Well, this is how the elite views humanity. Many people devoid of financial resources will soon become like a pack of rabid dogs, and they must be contained. As I have written about recently, it is becoming very difficult to get your money out of the country. Banks such as J.P. Morgan Chase, HSBC have already imposed withdrawal limits. If you withdraw more than ten thousand in cash, you run a good chance of being investigated by the IRS. This is one layer of fencing. This one layer of fencing has already been placed around you and your assets. So again, if it's in paper, and you're like, "Well, I'm going to go get it all out the same day," uh huh, I wouldn't. Uh, uh, and I guess if you had no choice, but you would have wanted to try to have done this slowly over time, you know, not like all at once, if, if at all possible, for this very reason I just stated, the NDAA con- constitutes another big fence being built around the people in which all due process will soon be gone. The NDAA will allow the administration the legal right to secretly remove any burgeoning leadership of citizen opposition forces. The second provision which will allow this country to quickly transform to martial law is Executive Order 13603, which allows the President to take control over any resource, property, or even human labor within the United States. Human labor, that would be us, okay, or property. This executive order gives the president unlimited authority, including the ability to initiate a civilian draft as well as a military draft. Um, in short, this spells the potential enslavement of the American people. For those of you who still have your blinders on, research the NDAA and Executive Order 13603, and then you will realize that I am correct in my interpretation, and then ask yourself one question. If the powers that be were going to seize, 
we're not going to seize every important asset. Why then would the government give itself the power to do just that? In other words, they weren't planning on doing it. Why are they initiating all of these draconian executive orders in order to give them the supposed legal right to do that? Because they're going to do it. If they can. If God allows them. And while you were at it, remember the Clean Water Act, which gives the EPA control all, over all private property, as well as the precious uh, resources of all water. And uh, then, of course, the FDA and the conflicts with local farmers is also escalating. Yeah, they're trying to do away with all local farming as well. And if this is not enough to convince the sheep of this country that the storm clouds are overhead, then take a look at H.R. 347, which outlaws protesting and takes away the First Amendment. This unconstitutional legislation makes it illegal to criticize the president and the government as a whole in the presence of federal officials. You know, it's just like the Bible says, they they frame mischief through a law. You know, the wicked, the wicked frame, they create mischief, evil, through a law. That's all these are, you know. Um... And then he goes on to say, I have news for you. There are federal officials in every town, city, and country in America. If one violates H.R. 347, they will immediately be arrested and charged with a felony. I just saw the Hunger Games sequel, Catching Fire, and this is eerily similar to what I saw in a lot of movies, in that people are being provoked to revolution. In fact, in the TV show Revolution, the most evil entity in the series is the reemergence of the United States government. And the heroes of the show are rebelling against this abuse of them. It seems like everywhere we turn, and I'm going to talk more about revolution in the next report. It seems like everywhere we turn in the media, the people are being encouraged to rise up now and challenge authority. I am sure the established, and, and at the same time, the government just keeps pushing us further and further and further and further into a corner where, you know, you just get to a point where you have no choice. As far as just, you know, it's either lay down and die, I guess, and let them come in and just break, pillage, kill your family, and whatever, or you actually get to a point where you're forced to to engage them, you know. That's what they want, though. That, evidently, that's what Satan um, wants to happen. They want to just make you, push you in a corner so that you're just like a, a caged animal. And um, so, it's all by design. Let's go further here. Um <clears throat> I am sure the establishment would rather confront a small group of dissidents and squelch that rebellion now before the numbers can become significant and overwhelming to the establishment. And this theme is being carried out in the media on a large scale. Along these lines, Obama has done nothing but agitate the middle class. I like to, I like to ask Obama supporters, can you name one thing Obama has done on behalf of the establishment elite to improve the plight of the American middle class? I can't think of one thing. No, he's just, it's just everything's pure evil from this dude. Everything. Um, the fences have been built around the soon-to-be rabid dog population. So when the infected dogs go crazy, the pieces will have been put in place to deal with the uprisings that will surely follow the loss of everything. Containment is nearly complete. The, finan- the final action will consist of gun confiscation and one side of the coming conflict is attempting to position themselves to do that in the near future, and that would be the DHS. The one thing I don't like about his articles at all is there's no hope in them at all. It's like, okay, we're going to die. You know, we're, we're just going to die. 
And I mean, honestly, if you just read his stuff, it's I think it's really good. It's really accurate. It's portraying what Satan is going to try to do if left unhindered. But remember, the Lord Jesus Christ and Father God are on the throne. Okay, and we have access to them as born-again Christians. So, again, I'm trying, I want to give us some biblical balance here. I'm going to get to that in a second, too, go, going over some Bible verses. Um, so, let's not get our eyes off Jesus Christ. Because if you just read this stuff, all you're going to do is get depressed. Yes, we are to know the devices of Satan, lest he get an advantage of us. We're not to be ignorant of his devices. We, we, we don't want to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. Like the Bible talks about in Hosea 4.6. Um, but, you know, so kind of be careful when you're out there researching this stuff because it's really easy to just start focusing on what Satan's agenda is and not realize what, you know, the Lord's agenda ultimately is. The, uh, the ultimate agenda is that we're on the winning team, period. If you're a born-again saved Christian, you're on the winning team. I mean, uh, whether you face death, whether whether he preserves you as part of his remnant, you're still on the winning team. And absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, as the Bible says. So, um, he's saying the final action will be gun confiscation, and one side of the coming conflict is attempting to position themselves to do that in the near future, and that would be the DHS, or Satan. The Russians and the Chinese will also be a part of this. I cannot think of another legitimate reason which would describe why these foreign troops are here. I have told you, and we've talked a lot about the foreign troops being here on our soil, I have told you what is at risk before the inevitable economic crash. Now it is time to take stock of the sides coming in the Civil War, and a very clear picture is emerging. Uh, okay, continuing on, the poor have no resources other than food stamps, which are already under attack. The middle class and their resources are the target for the coming conflict, and most of the middle class has no idea that they have even been targeted. Soon the divide-and-conquer strategies will lose their effectiveness, and the poor and the middle class will be on the same team because they will both have lost everything. Well, I, my comment on that is not in a, I'm not really in agreement about this one. As I can see the poor, as I've said this many times, I think this is part of their plan, the poor invading middle class neighborhoods when the food and the supplies run out. I mean, wouldn't that be if you were Satan and you could just let the poor do a lot of your dirty work? Now, I'm not denigrating the poor. I'm just saying people that are dependent on the government for, let's say, everything almost or close to it and have no supplies, have no provisions. Um, let's say they've lived off entitlements, let's say maybe they've lived not totally off, but some. All of a sudden, all that's taken away, and there's no food, and there's no... Well, what are you going to do? And the government says, we don't have anything for you. Well, let the looting begin. And I've said it, I've done whole studies on this, you know, in, um, maybe key in preparedness, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, or mob or, you know, that type of thing, mob violence type of thing. Uh, I think when the food and the supplies run out, uh, they will definitely not be on the same team. <laughs> the poor and the middle class. If the middle class is in their in their cozy house, hunkered down, and they've got supplies, and they have prepared, okay, well then, the droves of the poor come along, who are hungry and thirsty and this and that, it's not going to be pretty. They're not going to be on the same team. 
I don't see how that how they're going to be on the same team at all. So I, I don't agree with him when he says that, but um, maybe in some instances it'll be true. I don't know. As most of you know, I have been screaming from the rooftops that the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming, in reference to bilateral agreements signed between the Russian military and FEMA. Now, I have reported on this at length in the last year. Okay, You can go just key in Russians or Russian in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, all of the sightings and the eyewitness testimonies I've had from listeners. I mean, he's had tons too. So... Um, this is in reference to a bilateral agreement signed between the Russian military and FEMA. While the Russians are not coming, they are, all, they are here. And so are the Chinese. As most of you also know, the Russians, and are, are, the Russians and the Chinese have threatened to nuke the United States over Iran and Syria in the past several months. Yet this administration thinks it is a good idea to include the Russians and the Chinese in participating in a highly secure operations with profound national security implications in such drills as Grid X2 and the upcoming RIM Pack games, which will be used to fight against the imaginary Chinese and Russian forces. The sides of the coming civil war look like this. On one side, we find the evil empire, consisting of the elite, their government puppets, the DHS, the Chinese, the Russians, and perhaps... Uh, well, definitely certain aspects, factions of the military. The other side, for the moment, consists of the middle class, and now, they're saying, and the poor. I don't see the poor uneducated, don't know anything about what I'm talking about here. I don't see them being on our side. I don't. I see them doing whatever the government tells them, because you're not going to bite the hand that feeds you. Okay? Um, <laughs> I don't see them... I don't agree with that. I think they're going to be against the middle class. I think they will be used in that regard to loot and pillage and plunder the middle class out of desperation. You know, I'm not saying they're thinking they're sitting at home right now thinking about that. Probably not. They don't have any clue about any of this stuff I'm going over. Okay, so <laughs> I differ with them on that. But you know, it'd be nice if I was wrong. I, I don't think I am, but, you know, anyway. Um, okay, so the other side includes the middle class. Um, and he's saying the poor as they move towards having their entitlements incrementally taken away. Well, maybe that, if they if it's incremental enough and if, if they're able to get their eyes opened, maybe some. I mean, you shouldn't ever make blanket statements like 100% of the poor is going to be against 100% of the middle class. Obviously, that's not the case, okay? There's exceptions. So anyway, unless the military and the police can be swayed to the side of the people, uh, the people are going to lose badly. Well, a lot of the police have already, they're already on the bad side, okay? I'm sorry, but not all, but a lot of them are. Um, I think particularly with city Cops, uh, lesser with sheriffs, because there's been more sheriffs that have bowed up against this stuff. Uh, military, I think the Navy and the Air Force are the worst, least educated, most factions that are going to go along with the government, whereas it seems that um, the Army and the Marines are more educated to the... Um, what's going on, and there might be a greater chance of them coming over to our side... Uh, hard to be dogmatic here. I'm just saying f from what I have reported on in the past, from what I've heard on various 
because I'm always every day I'm listening to stuff online. I'm, I'm, I'm as I'm answering emails, I'm listening to reports and and things of more breaking news coming in, and, and I'm trying to get the biggest picture I can get so that I can come back here and make a recording and or put out email newsletters which are giving you the biggest, broadest bite of that pie, I guess, where you can just know, okay, here's the mass of things that I'm seeing here. And taken in totality, then we can probably conclude this point. Okay? But I never try to be a date setter or some type of guru prognosticator. Of course, I've always kind of wanted to be a swami. You know? I I like that term, swami. Anyway, um... So let's go further here. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so there is one big prize, and its allegiance has not yet been determined, and that is the American military, and it's a game changer. Now remember, we just reported on the big military purge. So what Obama's trying to do here is he's trying to get as many of his yes-men, uh, lackey, crony, general, high-ranking military people in pre-positioned ahead of time so that when the order is given to issue gun confiscation and to fire upon American citizens and to whatever, then they'll go along with that. But obviously he's having more trouble than he hoped for. That fork-tongued devil from the pit of hell known as Obama. So he's having more trouble in that, and, and, and there's been this massive, massive purge as a result of this. Okay? Um... Obama, Satan incarnate. I mean, I, I know I'm sugarcoating things. I'm, I'm sorry. I gotta, I gotta quit beating around the bush so much. Um, let's see here. Okay, so Obama's purging the military like no other president before. Bush fired two generals. Okay, Obama has fired hundreds of command level officers. <laughs> oh, that's not too obvious. You know what's going on here. See, Bush couldn't have got away with it. He, he's, he's New World Order through and through. All the way. No, no doubt, okay? But Bush couldn't have got a, a, away with this from a Republican standpoint. Generally speaking, you know, the military and the generals and this, this would be more of a, a Republican base. Bush could not have gotten away with going in there and firing all of these generals. There would have been too much outcry from the Republicans against what he's doing, but... but with Obama, you know, with all this politically correct garbage that surrounds him and all of the, the way the protection the press gives him and affords him, and he can, he can go in there and evidently do this and really, I guess, suppress it a whole lot more than, than I think Bush could have ever done that. And uh, I don't think at that point they were far enough in their plan where they had to start doing this. Now they are with Obama. So he's their guy to do this. Um, Obama has fired hundreds of command level officers. Why? Because the military leadership is the key to the coming civil war. Who will the military support? Will the military support an all-out and out-of-control administration who would use foreign military assets against the people? Or will they support the people that they are sworn to defend? See, that's the thing. Now, as more of the military get educated... Even on the lower levels, that's a good thing. Because, you know, it's pretty tough to, I mean, if, if you have this ever-increasing knowledge or, or uh, expanding base of people in the military that are now in the know and they know what's going on, that's harder and harder to deal with. Numbers like that. 
Obama has the Russians and the Chinese military coming into the country because our military cannot be trusted to do what needs to be done when the economic crash occurs. That is it right there. It's not like they, they it's not like our, our government's unaware of the uh, Chinese and the uh, Russians on our soil. They're the ones saying with open arms, come over here. We're going to need your help pretty quick here. And uh, we need to get you all pre-positioned and ready to go. Because they'll have no compunction about, you know, coming in and doing whatever they're told. They want to do that. These, they, they have an inherent hatred for us anyway, for the most part. I think that's been instilled in them f- from a cultural standpoint, obviously. From a militaristic standpoint. You know, the great Satan, you know, America, whatever. So, um, they are needed to confiscate the guns. The Russians and the Chinese. Um, Obama knows the military is conditioned to protect the people. He is hoping that he can change the entire structure of the military and thus change its mission through changing its leadership. Hopefully in this teaching today, I've done some more, because it's an ongoing effort, to connect all of the dots for you. So you can understand why. Okay, It's one thing to say the Russians are here. It's, uh, it's another thing to understand 100%. From a logical standpoint, ah, that makes total sense. I really get why they're here. You know? This goes on to say, I personally do not think Obama can change the rank and file of the military. I think he can only have a minimal effect on the leadership of the military. I don't know. You purge hundreds of guys, I think it's going to have more than a minimal effect. If you're able to put in, you know, some demon-infested... a lackey for Obama in there that will take any order unquestioningly. You know, I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. And this is something that we, I, I sh- really believe, should pray about regarding the military, having their eyes open to what is going on, to what is being done to them with the vaccination programs as well. I mean, that's beyond horrific. If you don't believe that, just key, uh, get beyond treason. Um. Key, watch that documentary online, Beyond Treason. It's, it's all military. It's all ex-military being interviewed. Now, the vaccination is just one part of that. But, I mean, it's a huge thing that they're doing to absolutely decimate the physical health of our own military. And that would be another thing. A weak, sickly, brainwashed military would be much easier to deal with than a strong one. So, um, let's go further here. Uh, if Obama's purge of the military is anything but for the purpose of commandeering its services for an upcoming civil war, I would really like to hear another explanation. Because for the life of me, I cannot see another purpose to Obama's house cleaning of the military. Obama needs to be impeached and convicted for treason ASAP. And there's a whole bunch of documentation that will confirm the things that we just said in this report. Uh, Air Force Times, Front Page Mag, Investment Watch Blog, .com, Politico.com, Marines, MarineCorpsTimes.com, two articles from them, which confirms a lot of the, the, the reports that we just went over. Now, the next report, also from Dave Hodges, this just came out three days ago, which also further ties things in, is imminent invasion of the U.S. has been planned for decades. And... Last night on the TV show Revolution, one of the main characters discovered... Now, this is one of the main big blockbuster shows right now. And it's a lot, a lot, a lot of telegraphing. 
potential telegraphing of what their plans are for the United States, okay? And this, um, last, last night on the TV show Revolution, one of the main characters discovered that the, quote, new United States had constructed numerous re-education camps and were planning to exterminate large groups of people. I watched this episode the other night. I know what one he's talking I didn't watch it on TV. I watched it online. And this show is, <laughs> there's so many shows right now that are literally laying out the playbook of Satan. I really believe that for what they want to do, what their plans are for the United States, because they have to do that. It's a Kabbalistic principle that they have to um, show the people that they're going to murder ahead of time, try to murder ahead of time, or at bare minimum in prison. They have to show them how they're going to do it how their demise is going to happen ahead of time in order for the game to be fair. It's a Luciferic, Kabbalistic principle of the Illuminati. And it, it for them it accomplishes two things. Supposedly that means then you've been warned. And also the other thing it does for them is they love to see that even though they've told you these things, they love to see that you're absolutely powerless to do anything about it. Now, we can get on our knees and pray, and they don't have that option. Who are they going to pray to? Satan? Well, they do that through witchcraft. And that's another thing that that it's just immersed in now. Witchcraft. On all of these different shows that they're... But vampires, werewolves, witchcraft, witches, warlocks. All of this stuff is just being totally... And then the, the whole gay lifestyle, that the new normal, and all this garbage that's promoted, all these manners and, and things of wickedness and evil, totally being really you know shoved down the throats of people via Hollywood, whether it's big screen uh, movies, whether it's sitcoms or whatever shows that they have on shows like Revolution, they're telegraphing their punches. I have told you before, and I've done many studies on this, that witchcraft is going to be the coming essence. It's going to be the coming backbone of the one world religion under Antichrist and false prophet. I've done studies on it. Just key in witchcraft in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. It is going to be the backbone. You're not, it's not going to be Catholicism. It's not going to be Buddhism. It's not going to be Hinduism. It's probably going to be an amalgamation of all of these different religions. But witchcraft will be the source, the true source of power. And when, the, and when the false prophet and the Antichrist come, it says they're going to come with signs and lying wonders and all kinds of miracles. What will be the source for all of those things? Witchcraft. The highest level witchcraft the world's probably ever seen. So, again, that's another thing that they really, really, really want you to just be absolutely accepted. And always with these shows about evil and witchcraft and vampires and stuff, the... the any form, any semblance of Christianity is always portrayed in some type of Catholic form, which ultimately has no real power to do anything. And if it does, it is it is Catholicism combined with good witchcraft, typically, if it has any kind of power whatsoever. The only kind of witchcraft that you can use against the really hardcore stuff is the white witchcraft, the good witchcraft, which ultimately will probably fail anyway. 
This is how, this is the mindset they want to get everybody in. That you're powerless, you're helpless, we're going to come, we're going to run roughshod over you. Satan wins, you lose, submit, and die. That's the message they're trying to give us through all of these different shows. We're powerless, we're helpless. Well, you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ created the universe. He's on the throne, and we have access to him, and we need to have faith that does it, that it doesn't matter what's going on around us, that we are overcomers through him no matter what. No matter how bad the odds look, no matter what's at your front door, no matter, it doesn't matter. The Lord Jesus Christ, none of this is going to take him by surprise. He knows the beginning from the end. <laughs> okay, this is how we got the book of Revelation. You know, that's just one example. And we just need to be right with the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to have the faith to believe that we are more than overcomers through Jesus Christ. That no matter what we're facing, we can be victorious through him, through his shed blood, through his death, burial, and resurrection, through our faith in him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you don't have a lot of faith, ask for more. Read the word more. Listen to it more. It'll build your faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Also, if you don't have, every every man is given a measure of faith. And if you lack faith, ask for more. The Bible says that he will give you more. But ask believing. Ask with faith, essentially. Okay? Because faith is going to be one of the keys to overcoming. Put on the full armor of God every day. The Bible and the full armor of God. You know, above all, it says, taking up the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. That's going to be pretty important. And the the smaller your shield is, the more arrows they get through. The bigger it is, the more fiery darts of the wicked ones are quenched. And And then it says, taking up... The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, quote Scripture. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. You know? So, these are these are things that, um, Bible verses to, to commit to memory. It's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. You know? No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against thee in condemnation thou shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. I believe that's the end of Isaiah 64. So, verses like that, to try to commit to, to memory, you know, um, that will help build your faith and literally quote back to evil Evil, in whatever way it presents itself, whether it's it's stormtroopers at your front door, whether it's some type of non-human creature coming at you, spiritual, I don't know, I don't know exactly what's ahead. I think it's going to be mind-blowing. I think that Satan's really saved what he terms the best for last. And when this stuff goes down, the Christians that aren't prepared to deal with pure evil are going to have a really rough time of it. They're going to have to have the faith to believe that they can overcome through the Lord Jesus Christ, through their faith in him, through his shed blood, to plead the blood of Jesus Christ against your enemies. 
And to make sure you're as right with the Lord as you can. Have all your, your sins confessed. Make sure you've forgiven everyone. Because without that, if you don't forgive people, you will not obtain forgiveness. These types of things. And, um, and to realize you're doing it through the Lord. And not in and of yourself. Because you're so big and bad. Because we're nothing apart from Him. You know. So there's a lot of other Bible verses I've went over, over um, in the past, you know. And um, so, again, when I read this stuff, I try to interject that because I don't want to have people coming away from these studies saying, well, you know, um, I think suicide is the only viable option at this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's not the way I want you to feel. Um, but at the same time, I, I know that this stuff is important and, and it is important um, to educate ourselves in these matters. So, going back to this report. Um, they have discovered in the newest show of revolution that the United States, the new United States, um, has, con- or has constructed or is constructing new re-education camps and they're planning to exterminate large groups of people. Uh, the one boy who ends up discovering this is, um, not boy, but he's a man, but he's the son of one of the main guys. He got pulled into one of these re-education camps, and they turned him into a super soldier that had no conscience, no nothing. His dad got him out of there and reprogrammed him. He's the one that finds out about this plot, and he's like, you have no idea what they do to you in these camps. And he says, we cannot let this go on. We have to, they're going to try to assassinate the leadership or whatever. You know, because they don't, they don't want that to happen. Not to say that either of them are, you know, great people in the show, but, you know, they're at least trying to stop this from proceeding. But this is what they're telegraphing here in the show here. And in the same episode, two other men of the other main characters discovered that the United States had released plagues in order to significantly reduce the population. Um, by tainting the food in this particular case, creating a pandemic health crisis via typhus that only the new U.S. government could supposedly fix. So now, all of a sudden, in the same episode, in, in another spot, you see this tent, like this little, not a tent city, but a little tent area popping up that this new U.S. government is setting up, and then they're bringing these people that have got typhus in. They created it, though. They injected these oranges, I think, with, with, with it, random oranges. Certain people ate it, contracted it. Now, all of a sudden, they put themselves in the position of savior, which is exactly what they tried to do with the pandemic via their twisted, evil vaccines that would only further perpetuate it, just like it was in 1918-1919 Spanish flu, which is what caused the, the, whole, the, the whole Spanish flu scenario that killed over 50-plus million people. They're going to try to pre-position themselves as the heroes by offering vaccines, medical services, things of this nature. This is very important. You know this ahead of time. (laughs) You know? Because you do not want to put yourself in the hands of Satan. Let's go further here. Um... The globals are well known for revealing their intentions through the world of entertainment and telegraphing their punches. Pastor Lindsay Williams has often stated that it is an unwritten rule that the globalists must somehow publicly declare their intentions prior to executing a plan which could result in massive loss of life. Absolutely. However, I did not have to become aware of the revolution script 
to have heard this message before. In the 1990s, officials from the Maricopa County came to my campus and recruited the first responders to a potential biological or chemical attack. The bogus, oh, I'm sorry, the bonus and benefit was that the first responders would be the first to receive any available antidotes, so I signed up. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want their antidotes. Anyway, sometime later, FEMA and DHS took over the program. Uh, so Satan totally took it over. In the transition, I got to personally know some of the FEMA replacements, and I was made keenly aware about how real this threat was as one of the families visited me in my office in October of 2012. In that meeting, they informed me that they were leaving the area. Now, this is October of 2012. Okay. Um, so, you're looking at, uh, you know, not quite a year and a half ago. Okay. In that meeting, they informed me that they were leaving the area and relocating to a remote community that they had been prepared as a secret refuge. They asked me if I watched the show Revolution. Now, back then, I think it just started. Okay. It's not a good show. I'm not saying it's like a, oh, wonderful, happy, it's, it's, it's a brutal, brutal, not good, really, uh, show. Okay? So I'm not advocating to say it's the greatest thing. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just not good in that regard. Do I think a lot of what they're presenting in there is an absolute playbook from the Illuminati? Yeah, I do. It's all kind of stuff about nano robots and nanotech and, and, you know, taking the grid down, that was the whole premise of the show. And the things that would occur, now they're doing this new stuff in this new episode. So, anyway, they asked me if I watched the show Revolution. Now, isn't this funny that these FEMA representatives, that this guy had talked with, okay, who quit. They were leaving the area, relocating to a remote community that they had prepared as a secret refuge. They were They saw the playbook, in other words. Or at least they saw a piece of it. And it compelled them so much that they're like, you know what, we're out of here, and we're going to move to a secret refuge. What did they ask him? They asked him if he had ever watched the show Revolution, as they told me that we were facing a similar false flag event as what happened with the show. And the original premise of the original show is that the grid, I mean, the grid everywhere worldwide went down. There was no electricity at all. Okay? And, um... I guess all the circuitry, I don't think it had been fried, it just, it went down through some type of computer thing that had been initiated, uh, I think in somewhere in Colorado, I don't know. Anyway, so, they come to him and they say, if you watch the show, because this is how it might go down, the power outage would be followed by a chemical biological attack with weapons that no other nation knows that we have. This family and the two other families that I know of moved in December of 2012, which has been a little while here, you know. I have previously recounted the story in more detail on December 25th, 2012, and December 27th, 2012 on the website. So if you want to go to Dave Hodge's website and key in December 25th and December 27th, you could probably read about a lot more about that. Anyway, he goes on to say, I, I was subsequently told that the following blackout some of, in the following blackout after it, that some of the biological weapons would be designed to induce abhorrent behavior. Okay, so the biologicals that they would drop on us, I would, I would, I would think that through things like chemtrails and drones and things of this nature, 
they would be biological weapons that would be designed to induce abhorrent behavior, zombie-like behavior. Oh, isn't that funny? All this, all the zombie uh, obsessions, too. And even the government making all kind of not-so-veiled references to zombie apocalypses and things of this nature. You want to know more about that key in zombie in the keyword search page at contendingfortruth.com. I've done a whole bunch of studies on that. Okay? So, again, they're telegraphing their punches. They're doing this for a reason. They're not doing it to just entertain us. They're doing this to give us a heads up so that from a Kabbalistic standpoint, when things go down, however they may go down, they have all their bases covered. You know? I think it's going to be a big combination of a lot of different things on a lot of these different shows that they, the Illuminati, slash Satan, has put out. It's not just going to be one scenario. It's going to be a nice big satanic cauldron of these things. Anyway, um, let me just back up a little bit. These are designed to induce abhorrent behavior, zombie-like behavior, in which an individual's hypothalamus, um, which he's saying is the primary site of our stress response, known as fight-or-flight mechanism. Uh, The adrenals have a lot to do with that. Might have even more. Because the adrenals are where adrenaline, neuro... Uh, epipenephrine epipenephrine are produced. That's really the fight-or-flight gland. The hypothalamus is like one of the master glands. The hypothalamus is above the pituitary in the brain. It is the highest endocrine gland, meaning it is a ductless gland in the brain. It's the highest one. Okay, And then the hypothalamus exerts influence on the pituitary. The pituitary then exerts influence on the thyroid and on the adrenals and on, if you're a woman, the ovaries, if you're a man, on the testes, and so on and so on. It's like a big orchestra. Okay, so, anyway, I just want to clarify that a little bit. Anyway, he's saying this would um, induce zombie-like behavior in which an individual's hypothalamus would be overly excited and extreme and random violence would be induced. Now, also, not only that, from a chemical biological agent, that could they possibly do that? Now, remember, you have, I do believe you have protection through the Lord Jesus Christ, though, again... Okay, so let's never lose sight of that, the form of God, these types of things. But I'm talking about an unsaved person here, which is the standpoint he's talking from, obviously. But then you also have all the other stuff they can do from an electromagnetic standpoint. What do you mean? Well, okay, you got the cell phone towers, you got the scalier waves, you got the harp waves, you got the sound of silence weapons that are built into the T, you got the Wi-Fi, uh, you got all the dirty electricity, you got the CFL bulbs. I mean, you got the smart meters. You see why I'm trying to tie all this together? Because it really is all one big connected, nice little satanic grid system that they're trying to build and plant in all of these different ways they can attack us. Okay? Because Satan is trying to um, ensure that he has as many weak links in the chain to his plans as possible. He is a defeated foe. He ultimately will be totally defeated at the Battle of Armageddon. But until then, he's fighting like crazy to kill, steal, and destroy, which is his primary method of operation. And his followers, that's what they do, because they're like their father, the devil. Okay, And of his lust and of his works, they will do. So hopefully that's, that's clear. So let's go further. Okay, so um, along these lines, does anybody remember the two zombie de- disaster preparedness attack drills 
with the last one occurring in San Diego, which was sponsored by the DHS. You don't think they're not doing this to condition people? I I did a teaching on that one, where they literally hired people to dress up like zombies and walk through the streets. The DHS, the Department of Homeland Security. And they have all these warnings, like on the CDC's websites, where you see, like, zombies peeking through Venetian blinds and stuff, and or mini-blinds, and, you know, I mean... They really have this stuff up on their websites, and they're really doing this stuff out in the open. It's preparation. It's it's um, conditioning for us, okay? So, and again, this is not stuff you're going to hear in the average church. What I'm telling you, they're going to they're gonna stay away from this like a 10-foot pole because they don't want to be labeled. And they might lose their 501c3 exemption. Dare they utter such a thing. Well, they're yoked up. I don't know how many, what the percentage is right now, but through the clergy response teams, they're yoked up with the very DHS that we're talking about. So they're not going to speak against them. They're not going to speak against FEMA or DHS or whatever. They're going to be the primary sites that people are brought to. What do you mean? I want to talk about that next. Okay? We're going to talk about that little subject next. So let's go further. And again, this study I'm doing today really, really, really ties together a ton of the New World Order Illuminati malevolent game plan of what they most likely have. This would be one of the studies where, like, if you could only listen to one three-part study that I've ever done regarding just preparation from a purely, uh, obviously want to prepare you spiritually, and I've, I've been interjecting things along those lines, but just from a knowing kind of the big picture now, I didn't get into the alien agenda. I got, got into that many times as well. But we are covering a ton of bases today. So, it was further revealed that these chemical and biological attacks resulting in mass hysteria and random attacks would force many people to public shelters. It makes sense, right? Oh, everybody's going nuts. I'm going to get to a shelter. Okay. This resulting in mass hysteria and random attacks, okay, so the new, which would ultimately be the new re-education centers, these new shelters. Um, Shortly after that, I discovered the NFL, NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball offered their facilities, how nice of them, to, excuse me, to the DHS in times of national emergency. So all the stadiums, they bring you there you know, to their re-education centers, to where you're going to get uh, vaccinated and uh, get re-educated and have your family separated from you. And they're going to get you on some nice meds. And then they're going to take you to, you know, probably the real re-education, the, the real uh, places where they're going to hold you, the incineration centers anyway, uh, which is what I think they'd like to do. I'm not saying it's going to happen um, to their to their plans. I think God can intervene. Um, but I also know a country that's, you know, aborted... 60-plus million babies and who knows how many in the morning-after pill and how many other more abortions just birth control itself causes because they are abortifactant. It's a lot of blood running on the land. You know, pornography, um, capital of the world, uh, one of the major sodomite strongholds of the whole world. uh, You could go on and on and on. You know, so God's merciful, but, (laughs) you know, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of blood on, um, there's a lot of, uh, innocent blood that has been shed over this land, in other words. So, 
Anyway, they're going to offer the NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball offer their facilities to DHS in times of national emergency. Since that time, we have seen the DHS and FEMA conduct drills for a national emergence uh, in such events as Operation Mountain Guardian. Further, Simon Properties made a similar agreement with the DHS to allow the use of their malls and strip centers to be used for the same purpose. Simon Properties is the largest owners of malls and strip centers in the North America. Now we see the full-fledged introduction of the TSA molestation activities at NFL games to further condition us, which began this year. Are some of the dots beginning to connect here? Okay, So, of the biggest centers that they've got in America, sports stadiums, malls, and churches, you could fit a lot of people. In those places, if you had to. Particularly if you could fence in the parking areas with barbed wire, and all the barbed wire facing in, I'm going to get to that in a second, then you could really get a lot of people in there. Yeah. One final note about this event is all three families inform me that when martial law was declared, the Russians and the Chinese troops would be the primary enforcers, and the Americans would soon face, quote, hell on earth. This was over a year before it was announced that the Chinese troops landed in Hawaii and that the Russians and the Chinese would be involved in Grid X2 drills and RIMPAC war games drills. I think it's a fool's errand to try and predict a timetable in which these events will come to fruition. One of FEMA's families told me before their departure in 2012 that we probably did not have two years. Well, that was 2012 October... If we didn't have two years, you know, that'd be sometime between now and this October. Now, granted, I, I'm not a date setting here. I'm just saying what he said they said. Even if there were no FEMA informants and no zombie drills by the DHS, no power grid takedown drills, no Russian Chinese troop soldiers training on our soil to become the vanguard of the martial law, law force, or key Russian defectors um, having warned us about these possibilities for decades, and he's got a whole list of the of these defectors that have done this. I'm not going to get into that, but you can click on the link to this article if you want to read that. Uh, the Russians are not our friends, and neither are the Chinese. The phrase, the rape of Nanking, has special significance in world history as it relates to the genocidal treatment of a conquering army and the utter de- devastation that it can bring to a civilian population. If you're unfamiliar with this historical event, as I was up until yesterday, you may wish to review these tragic events, the rape of Nanking, N-A-N-K-I-N-G, in order to see why so many are concerned about our immediate future as a nation. After familiarizing oneself with this tragic event, most of us will take on an entirely new and sober view of the existence of Russian troops on America, Russian and Chinese troops on American soil and the dangers we will all face as a result. Now, I had no idea about this thing. Okay. I looked it up yesterday. I watched a documentary and most of one movie on it and I, wow. You talk about evil, okay? What the Japanese did to the Chinese in this battle of Nanking. I mean, it's just about incomprehensible. And they were glorying in their shame. They were absolutely glorying in their shame about this. 
what they did to these people. I mean, the, the beheading, the the rape of of, of the women, the um, rape of children, the rape of old women. The, I mean, they literally killed every single Chinese. They they surrendered, which was the wrong thing to do. They outnumbered them by five hundred thousand to fifty thousand. But they, I don't know. I guess they they all just got scared or whatever. Most of them, most of them fled the city. And the soldiers that stayed behind that did fight were quickly, I think, overwhelmed and gave up. And they were just wholesale slaughtered. Machine gunned down, um, um, burned alive, beheaded. They would have uh, beheading contests between the commanders to see how many heads they could chop off. They lost count on the one and they, and they said, well, we'll do up to 100 and because they wanted to see how many they could behead with their samurai swords. And they said, no, nah, no, nah, we lost count. Let's go to 150. And these guys would write about it, and they would say how wonderful it looked that this one pond had turned to total blood and how beautiful it was and, and how, what I mean, these people were, I mean, they're all serial killers. They had all been turned into literal serial killers. Not to say they weren't kind of before that, you know. But this was, I mean, Japan, let me tell you something. I've watched enough World War II documentaries and listened to stories from my grandpa that fought them. To, to I mean, He passed away a long time ago, before I was ever saved. But boy, oh boy, he, whoo, he talked to some World War II veterans about what they did to their buddies, okay? Now, I'm not saying we were, we were perfect and innocent and puritanical, okay? Our American troops. And I don't, I don't think they would say that either. Okay, but the Japan, they believed they were fighting a holy war for the emperor and that they could basically do whatever they wanted to do as a result of this holy cause. And that's that includes the most detestable, evil things you could possibly ever imagine. We're talking mass demon possessed soldiers that were on literal serial killer level, killing, raping, pillaging sprees. Okay. This battle of Nanking, there was over 300,000 people killed in one city. And there may have been way more. It's hard to keep an accurate body count. One city! How much does that pale to, like, I mean, Vietnam, I mean, all of these wars we fought, and a lot of times we didn't lose that much in one war. This was one, this was one city in like a month. I mean, just gut-wrenching stuff here. Well, those same devils that possess those Japanese troops, they haven't went anywhere. Okay? And Satan wants, I really believe, he really, really wants to take America down, and he's had a lot of angst against America, because America has been used to do a lot of really, really, really good things, even leading up to now. I mean, we are the most generous, charitable nation, I think, on the planet. Okay? And I think this is why God's restrained his hand of judgment on us because there ha- America has been used in a mighty way to do a lot of good. And in Nanking, it was a group of essentially Americans and one German who was literally a Nazi, which was really crazy. Of course, I don't think he was like the Nazi. Like, I don't think he really realized what Hitler was all about, this one Nazi guy. I don't really think he knew because he tried like crazy to save these people. Remember, there was a lot of people that thought Hitler was a great guy. 
And then you interview him after the war, and you would say, I can't believe everyone's behind that madman. I think he was one of those. Anyway, there was a lot of missionaries in Anking, and they had set up this big safety zone. It was like a two-square-mile thing. Now, granted, the Japanese, yeah, they had raids into the safety zone. Yeah, they, they killed a lot of people in there. They did a lot of bad stuff. But as a result of them setting up the safety zone, I think like 300,000 people or 200,000 people were saved. According to statistics I've read, there's a link here if you want to review the tragic events. Stories vary, okay? But they did, they were used, these group of primarily Americans were used mightily to save, I would say, hundreds of thousands of these Chinese people. If they killed everybody that was outside the safety zone, if you, especially if you were a soldier, you were dead. If you were a woman, God help you. I mean, they would rape them from morning to night. They would take them, rape them from morning to night until they were dead. Bring them out in, 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 on carts of, of just stacked bodies of women. They were, you know, just really, really some sick, sick, sadistic. I have to really question that society that would, that would, that would condone that where they could come away with that with no crisis of conscience. Some of them did have a crisis of conscience. Some of them. But this is ingrained and instilled in their thinking processes. And they're not the only nation on the planet that's like this. Okay? I think a lot of these Russian troops, uh, obviously Muslims, you could look at that. Obviously the Chinese that would be... I don't think they're going to be of any different mindset. I really don't. I don't think they're going to be too far off. And then you have the devil focusing his demons into these people at the right time and then turn them into ten times the child of hell. Then what if you add in all the scalier, the harp, all these things to whip people up into a frenzy? The troops really become nuts. They didn't even have that in the Battle of Nanking. Nanking, they didn't have that. They didn't have all the psychotronic warfare that they've got now. They didn't have all the biological agents they could spray on people to make them go nuts. Think about that. So, I'm just saying, you know, you, you need to, to be, you know, as close to the Lord Jesus Christ as possible. Am I saying that in condemnation of anybody? No. I've got tons of room for improvement. If I got what I deserved, I'd get death and hell. I'd be the first one to admit it. You know? Apart from Jesus Christ. Uh, but, man, what's coming? I, I can't even, I truly, if you look at the, the, the whole Hollywood agenda and all the telegraphing they've done, I can't even comprehend what's coming. Not only to America, but to the world. You know? And so, yeah, you can go up on um, YouTube if you want. Key and Rape of Nanking. N-A-N-K-I-N-G, one word in. And they were interviewing people in the one documentary in Japan, and they didn't even know anything about it, like the, the teenagers or the students now. They don't, they, they don't really remember anything about it. Well, of course, they've, they've suppressed it. Do you know, and they brought up a great point in this movie. Now, I'm, I don't mean to come down on, like, saying Japanese are all evil. I'm not saying that, but there is a some kind of weird cultural thing over there where, I mean, whoa. Do you know there's, there's no... There's no um, Great Hall in Germany, where you can go to see statues of Hitler and uh, Joseph Goebbels and and um, all of the Nazi war criminals, where they're honored as gods. You know, there's no place like that in Germany, right? Now there may be secret enclaves of 
Nazis that are there that do this in secret, but no, no place you could go over there and tour. And no, there's they they have like Auschwitz where they've actually show you the camps and in 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 and uh, condemn what went on there. Okay, in Japan though, they actually have a lot of these commanders that did these unbelievable, unbelievable atrocities enshrined in these great halls, and people go there and worship them like gods. And I'm not making this stuff up. This is stuff they openly admit to. It's like, we kind of keyed on the Nazis after the war, all the atrocities, but Japan kind of got a pass. What was the reason for that? According to this documentary, which makes every bit of sense, it was because we agreed that we would not touch the emperor. That was one of the surrender agreements with the Japanese. So, the emperor was a god in human form, right? Okay, that's how they worshipped him, viewed him. Well, anything he did then, in that time, in World War II, no matter who was under his command, no matter what happened, typically, yes, there were some rogue ones that supposedly got punished, a few people got hanged, but a lot of the people that did unbelievable uh, war crimes or whatever, you know, they got off scot-free, ultimately. Now, I'm not saying that didn't happen with some of the Nazis. It did. But there was more of a focus on the Nazis. In Nanking, that wasn't the case. In the Japanese war, it wasn't the case. They let the emperor stay. They said, you can't depose him, you can't take him out, or whatever. He was still worshipped as a god. That was one of the terms of surrender. We agreed to it. Okay. As a result, a lot of the generals and a lot of the high-level commanders that were under him, that were doing his bidding, are now literally honored as gods in certain places in Japan in these great... Um, halls and religious centers literally worshipped as deities and gods that did the most horrific evil I mean the Bible says one of them to call evil good and good evil well that's the norm okay uh, I don't know I mean I'm just saying I mean it, it's really 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 sick so anyway um man I'm way over time here uh boy let me let me look here and see where. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and just finish this one part up, and then I'm going to continue this. Um, so, if you if you want to avail yourself to that, that's fine. Um, about the rape of Nanking, uh, after familiarizing oneself with this tragic event, most of us will take an entirely new and sober view of the existence of Russian troops on American soil and the dangers we would face as a result. If we were in an alternative and truthful media, if we in alternative and truthful media are unable to wake up significant portions of this country as to the intentions of the Russian troops and Chinese on our soil, we will see the modern day version of the rape of Nanking being visited upon the American citizens and all the signs point to the fact that we do not have very much time to prepare. Since publishing yesterday, this just came out, I think a few days ago, I have received a half a dozen emails detailing eyewitness accounts of Russian sh- soldiers in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Again, I, I reported on that majorly. Okay, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Ventura, California, and Ketchikan, Arkansas. Not only are there Russian troops on American soils, there are legitimate and demonstrable long-standing military reasons which would prompt Russia to engage in a military takeover of the United States. However, 
Please keep in mind that this takeover is being orchestrated by the bankers. Also, the next and last part of the series, we will clearly demonstrate that Obama and Putin work for the same interests. Obama has deliberately left the back door of this country open to this external invasion. Now, I'm going to go over one other warning that he just came out with um, that, um, uh, actually, uh, from an article today. And that's going to be at the start of the third part of this teaching. So, God bless you, and we'll see you in part three.